Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. So in the next few minutes, I want to quickly share with you something very important. The title of my sermon is simply Christmas. The questions, the noise, and the truth. Christmas, the questions, the noise, and the truth. I want to start with the first. What, what questions? You see, part of my duties as a teaching minister is to preach sermons that you probably don't know you need. You don't, you don't, you don't know you need it. Some of you can bear witness to this. This must have happened to some of you. There were some sermons you heard here. You were not sure why it is important, you know, the details I was sharing with you, until sometime later someone asked you a question that I'd already answered, right? If that, if that has happened to you, wave at me. You know, and that's how to know a teaching ministry. A teaching ministry is not reactive. A teaching ministry is proactive. Proactive, especially from the Word of God. So, even if no one has asked you yet, one day someone is going to ask you, why do you celebrate Christmas? And why December 25th? Oh, some of you are laughing already because you've heard stuff like that. And it gets more ugly when they say, are you aware that you are celebrating idols without knowing? Well, Christmas is a plagiarized event coined after the Roman celebration of Saturnalia. <laughs> and you know, let me say this. Some people already have a bias against Christianity that if there is an objection, whether they fact check or not, they just believe there is some credibility to it. Nobody fact checks these things. What if they tell you the Christmas tree was coined from the Roman cult of Asheria. Guess what they did? They cut trees, they decorated it, and they worshipped it. Well, what do you have to say about that? I'll give you a nutshell answer and a long answer. Turn your Bibles very quickly. Romans chapter 14, verse 5. Background of the story, Christianity was on the rise amidst a lot of paganism. And so there were conversations about what to be celebrated, what not to be celebrated, what feasts should be celebrated, what feasts should not be celebrated, what should be eaten and what should not be eaten. And this is what Paul the Apostle says in Romans chapter 14 verse 5. It says, one person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. You know, this is very important because I don't know if you've seen some Christians. Some Christians are very deep. And I don't even mean that in a, in a derogatory way. Even in the littlest things. You have a Champions League. Oh, you know I'm going to talk about football. This is the first service since Messi became undisputably you know, and of all services, Pastor Shola, you have the audacity 
to attend this one. Anyway, after I'm done, we'll send you forth to Iran. Anyway, they say your goats or your Iwure is about to sign a contract somewhere. You will go there. You want to join me. No distractions. But you know, some people are very deep. You know, here for Champions League, you know, Barcelona, last minute, Iniesta scores a winning goal. One of my friends comes in. He says, you know, that's how it's going to be in the end times. I say, hey, God. He says, God is raising 11th hour soldiers. Who will, you know, it looks like the devil is winning and then, you know, ah, I say, sad. Now just bolo. <laughs> you know, and some people are very deep. And so when you say, Jesus is the reason for the season, they say, no, Jesus is the reason every season. You've heard people like that, haven't you? And they're like, okay, sorry, sir. <laughs> okay, what I say? So deep. People like Peter. Peter saw a trance. God told him, showed him animals, said, take, kill, and eat. He corrected God. He said, no, Lord. I mean, when I read that, I went, what? No, Lord. <laughs> How does that sound? How's that for an oxymoron? No, Lord. <laughs> but some people are deep like that. And so the simple nutshell answer is, for things like this, that are not the core of theology, do you? Do you? But here is where we have a problem. It is when you try to superimpose it on others and say they're practicing paganism. Mm -mm. The Bible says, let each be fully convinced in his own mind. One person says, this day is special. Another person says, every day is alike. Be convinced in your own mind. Amen, somebody? Because you see, even if to the Lord, all days are the same. The Lord, Jesus is... The same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. He is Lord every day, everywhere, everywhere. But at the same time, you see, we do this many times not for God, but for ourselves. God doesn't need the emphasis, but we need it. Because even if he's Lord every day, we don't always realize it as we should. And so if there is a day to emphasize it, that's great. And besides, there are many people who don't know it at all. They don't know about this Jesus. They don't know about his lordship. And so we can see this as an evangelical effort. So that's something to think about. Come on, praise the Lord. Verse 6 of Romans 14. It says, he who observes a day, observes it to the Lord. So I don't really care about maybe the history, what it represents to other people. If this is the meaning and the significance that I have for it, I do it unto the Lord. Say loud, amen. amen. And don't forget, the context is closely knit. Because if some people were eating unto idols, and he tells them, that same food, eat it unto the Lord and you're good. So the fact that some people see it in a particular way doesn't invalidate the sincerity of your own view, perception, and conviction. It's that simple. As simple as this is, you just might need it one day. And so what's the worst case scenario? Let's assume, and it's a huge assumption because as you will find out, it's wrong, that really Christmas is a pagan holiday, but it has been repurposed 
to honor Christ. Yet people who took any day of the year to honor any idol, and they're wrong. Are those days not meant for the true Lord and Savior? And so if we hijack it, maybe that's even more reason we should celebrate Christmas. Maybe that's more reason. Romans 14, 14. I know and I'm convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean in and of itself. But to him that considers it unclean, to him it is unclean. So now, that has been established. I want to go to the second thought process. Is it true, though, that Christianity, you know, plagiarized pagan events to celebrate the Savior? You know, all of this started mostly from one very funny documentary called The Zygist. And that is spelled... Z-E-I-T-G-E-I-S-T. So there's a documentary. And what that documentary does, it puts pagan gods, talks about when they were born, how many disciples they had, the miracles that they performed. And supposedly there are a lot of similarities between those gods and Jesus. So they tell you that Mithra was born December 25th, had 12 disciples, performed miracles, died and rose again after three days. Dionysus was born of a virgin, born December 25th, turned water to wine. Horus, virgin birth, December 25th, crucified and rose. And everybody's like, oh, oh my God. Maybe they're right. Maybe Christianity is actually false. Maybe, you know, I mean, if all of this is just fiction, Jesus, maybe is fiction. And that's the problem with this generation, respectfully speaking. We don't, we don't do research. And when you look deep into the sources of this documentary, it is someone who told someone who told someone. So now, long story short, the sources, believe me, why I go lie for you? And it is in things like this that your education should come in. You learn how to research in school. Check it. Just fact check it. So when you begin to look at all the facts, according to history, when was, how was Mithra born? He was not born of a virgin. He emerged out of a rock. And he wasn't born at all. He emerged as an adult. A very silly story, if you ask me, but no, no, but that's, that's besides the point. So, I mean, according to their own history, that's wrong. Just fact check it. They say he had 12 disciples wrong. He had only one or two disciples. They say he performed miracles, not correct. He killed a bull, which, I don't know, if you call that a miracle, well, fine. There was no record of him dying, therefore no record of him rising from the dead. Dionysus, there is no source that says he was born December 25th. He was never really known to be a miracle worker. He was just God of wine, like vibe God, you understand? <laughs> kind of like a modern day hype man. Who the brick? Who the brick? Stuff like that. 
say, Pastor, how do you know? How do you know too? <laughs> so he was literally a party god. Resurrection, that was also fictional. So when you fact check all these things, Horus, no virgin birth, no story of him ever being crucified. So you see, like I said, some people just feel if you put Christianity in bad light, it must be, it must be right. It's just like waking up and saying, so Christians never lived. You know, some people just say it. And as long as it is a bold statement, people think, or, or when you say it with your full chest, they'll not be like, ah, look at the way he said it now. Why will he be lying? Why will he lie about something like this? <laughs> but that being said, we know for a fact the Bible doesn't tell us that Jesus was born December 25th. And it's debated Historically, in fact, from historical sources, he was not born December 25th at all. So why December 25th? And some people think that's suspicious. But it's not at all. So now, very simply, Jews believed that a true prophet was always going to die the day they were conceived in the mother's womb. Jews believed that. Jews believe that. So they just backdate, you know, nine months. There, there's so many theories about that. It's oral tradition. All right? So there are some people who hold to that tradition that... Um, so if, if Jesus... They, they, they count from March 25th to December 25th. That's, that's how they do the calculation. And that kind of makes sense. That's compelling. You know, some people also believe that that day was used to celebrate the sun god, but Christians took over it, hijacked it, repurposed it because Jesus is the real light of the world. I think that makes sense. And then there are people who believe that that was the day the wise men came to see Jesus. But at the end of the day, you know what? I don't really care. <laughs> I don't really care. Some people don't know how to pick their battles. Was Jesus born? Was he the son of God? I don't really care when. So, you, you, you get what I'm saying? So, if we take December 25th to emphasize this gospel truth, then that's fine. That's fine. What about the Christmas tree? Let me show you something you may not have seen. Look at Jeremiah chapter 10. Some people use this to preach against the Christmas tree. And if you have not seen them do that yet, you better be glad you're listening to me because just one day, someone just might come to you. It's a Christmas tree. In the Bible, forbidden. Because the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 10, from verse 3, it says, for the customs of the people are futile. One cuts a tree from the forest, walks the walk of his hands of a workman with an axe, they decorate it. Ah, Rema, right? They decorate it with silver and gold. They fasten it with nails and hammers so that it will not topple. They are upright like a palm tree. They cannot speak. They must be carried because they cannot go themselves. Do not be afraid of them for they cannot do evil, nor can they do any good. 
So what's he talking about there? Some people say, you see, he's warning against Christmas trees. That's not true. Listen, he's not just talking about cutting a tree and putting it in your house. He's talking about cutting a tree, doing the work of a wood, woodworker, remodeling it to an idol. That's why he says they cannot speak. Why did he say that? Because the idols have mouths. You know that legendary song? They get mouths, but they know the... Oh, nighty kids. Ah, oh, Jesus. Please, who knows that song? They get eye, but they know they see. Uh-huh. They get ear. <laughs> see their Lego. That's what he's talking about. Idols. And he's just talking about the futility of going to a forest, cutting a tree, making an image out of it, and worshipping a creature that you made. He literally cannot help you because you have to help it. So that's what he's talking about here. And so it's not about Christmas trees. What then is the history of Christmas trees? Again, oral tradition, Martin Luther went into the woods in the night. He looked at the stars and from down he could see the trees and look at the stars and that just struck a powerful imagery of Christ coming into the world and dying on a tree. And so he literally caught one of them, decorated it in his house, you know, as an imagery. And no wonder it is known in history that Christmas trees were popular in Germany where he lived. And I think that there is no Christmas symbol that is closer to Christianity than the tree because Jesus died on a tree. Jesus died on a tree. But if you don't want one, that's fine. You, you, you get it? That's also okay. It's nice. And if it's not nice to you, that's also okay. Santa Claus. Uh, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. Now, even in that, there is some virtue, some lesson. You see, because the character was gotten you know, partly fictional and partly historical. So there's a guy named St. Nicholas who had a lot of inheritance from his parents but ended up giving most of it. So in a very poor era, he would go to people who were supposed to be seized because they were owing and he would just give them money for their freedom and all of that. So the figure of Santa Claus being generous, giving you stuff, that's where it comes from. And generosity is big with Christianity. All right. So here's my reservation. So where did the plump, red-clothed guy come from? Very simple, Coca-Cola. You know? That's all. It's Coca. It's Coca-Cola. You know, it was just a brand strategy that worked and went viral. So here is my caution. I have a problem with that guy still in the show. So we can emphasize generosity, we can emphasize all those things, but where big people begin to see, oh, 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 Santa, you know, we're talking about Christmas, you say Santa Claus is coming to town, uh-huh. you, And I'm not trying to ruin your childhood. Listen, I'm not trying to be too deep. There can be a, it doesn't affect the Christian faith, if you ask me. It can, there must be limits to it, but if there's a generous guy and then you use it to even teach your children generosity, 
you know, and maybe, I don't know, you can argue whether enough, whether you should use that as an incentive for them to behave better since Santa Claus or Jesus will reward them. You know, I don't know. So that brings me to the noise part. I said I'm talking about three things. What? The questions, number two, noise and the truth. So the noise part is just the, the fact that it is possible for you to lose the reason for the season. Some of our people in the UK, members of our UK branch, went out you know, to ask people, what is Christmas about? And all of them said nice things, like it's about family, you know, it's about generosity. Uh, sir, it's about Jesus. And, and, and which is what I want to emphasize. So you see, one thing I've come to appreciate when it comes to Christian dialogue, when some people say some uh, outlandish things, even though they may be extreme, there's usually a warning inside. So even if they may be wrong, the Christmas tree is pagan and Christmas is pagan, I think there's still a warning inside because there is still the tendency for us to look at the season and think it's about threshing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bell. In what we are saying, jingle bell. Oh, what fun. It is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. That's, just, that's nice. But can we get into the real crux of the season? And so, there are good Christmas hymns. And I hope that you begin to recognize and emphasize those ones. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, to ransom captive Israel. Rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel is come to save Israel. I mean, that's a theological masterpiece. Talking about the expectation of the coming of Christ and then your response when he comes. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.